You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Mic check, please. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks Limited Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Joining me today in studio, which is awesome, is Jim Ronquist. The now new title, he is the Vice President of Development for Drake Waterfowl. Jim, welcome back to the show. Man, thanks for having me, partner. It's fun to be back. Yeah, and it's exciting to have you here in studio where you know we can sit down and discuss. And, and recently, you just wrapped up the live cast for the BPOP. Yes, sir. But, you know, go ahead and we'll, we'll kick this off with the new position. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, around the waterfowling industry, let's say. And I know you called me that morning that, to let me know, and I appreciate that. That, that was awesome when you accepted the position. Um, but I think just letting everyone know you know that now that you work with Drake Waterfowl, you're heavily involved with everything, especially with DU. It's a benefit for us. But what is what has changed for you now that you've moved from Rich and Tone to Drake Waterfowl? You know, a lot has, and it's it's all it's all been good and very positive. John and Angie Stevens at R and T still dear friends of my wife and I, so there's no issues there. Um, I try to nip that in the bud mm-hmm. before people try to oh, yeah. make something that's not there. Um, that being said, it's a opportunity to kind of expand a little bit and work with other people not that i couldn't work with before but you got a little bit more free reign to work with other brands or do other stuff that that i 
didn't necessarily have before. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that. You know, I, I like making friends with everybody if I can. Yeah. And the opportunity to work a little bit closer with y'all at Ducks Unlimited. Hence, that's why I called you and several other industry folks mm-hmm. that I worked with before I went public that, hey, here's what's coming down the road. And it's it's been unbelievable past four or five months. Yeah. No, I mean, it's exciting. And I, I think I mentioned to you when we first talked about it, maybe a couple of days later, you know, it, it's probably exciting for you that, you know, with Rich and Tony, you were always, it's very, I mean, that's waterfowl centric. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. That's what they do. It literally, yeah. that's their build tagline. Up, build duck calls and goose calls. <laughs> yeah. And, and in, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But, and why, you know, waterfowling is my passion mm-hmm. and a big part of my vocation. I'm also a hunter. Yeah. You know, spring turkey hunting is something just near and dear to my heart. Um, we eat more venison at my house than we do ground beef. Yeah. You know, I enjoy to go hunting. So uh, with everything at the Drake companies, it gives me an opportunity to kind of spread out and do a little mm-hmm. bit more stuff. Now, that being said, I'm still a dyed-in-the-wool duck hunter, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Opportunity to go deer hunt, maybe go chase bird dog. You know, I grew up doing all that stuff. Now I got a little more opportunity to do it and get to call it work. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you're fortunate enough. And, and we talked about before we came on air here, you know, you were the host of RNTV for how long? I mean, I think RNTV is airing its 17th or 18th season this year. Yeah. And it's probably confusing to some folks because you, you flip it on. I'm still co host for this broadcast season mm-hmm. on RNTV from last year's hunts, yet I'm working for Drake moving forward there. So that's probably a little confusing. So maybe this podcast will help kind of alleviate some of that confusion. Yeah, because I think along with that, like people don't understand you're recording almost a year in advance or actually Six a year. In, in, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you, what you recorded, you if you didn't air that, RNTV wouldn't have you on the show or a show, period. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you had to do something or go back in the can. So, and a lot of folks, just to talk about linear television, I know y'all deal with it here at DUTV. Um, you know, the stuff that happens this duck season is for this, following broadcast season yep. you know it's, yeah. it's not quite a year out but it's it's there's a shift point there for sure yeah that's basically how the magazine works too you know mm. where the hunts that we go on in this fall won't show up in the magazine until next, next year's fall. editorial yeah that's right right so yeah so you know with you not being involved with rntv and that's probably and i can only imagine that's that was probably a, a rigorous schedule throughout the duck season you know you're traveling everywhere from canada all the way to louisiana trying to you know film hunts now that you're with drake you know how does your fall look like is it are you looking at it like man this is not going to be near as bad as large travel or you know are you still going to be traveling quite a bit it'll probably be about the same i guess Mm -hmm. um going to canada in september haven't been to canada in a couple years and never been that early and we're going that already won. It was an invite. Um, a buddy of mine, an outfitter, had a group cancel and said, if y'all want to come, come on. And it gave me an opportunity with Drake to get some early um, content, yeah. you know, get some creative assets that we can use for social, you know, yep. in September going into season. Um, for the rest of the year, I'll hit a couple trips, maybe do an upland hunt in October. Um, I'll be taking care of the Drake hunting camp mm-hmm. this duck season. So that'll be pretty busy. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's not a commercial operation or anything like that, but uh, you know, I want everything ready to go for the folks that are coming in and folks I need to spend time with, but it should give me a little more time to kind of relax and enjoy duck season for what it is. Yeah. You get to chase some ducks on your own time, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, is that, is that even possible? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're always on someone's time there. Yeah. It's always, but at the same time, I enjoy it. And it is on my time in a way. So if I'm in scouting or whatever, you know, it's, it's helping make whatever I got going a better deal. Yeah. You know? No, that's, yeah. I mean, it, it all makes sense. And, you know, 
just like me. I mean, I don't hunt a ton on my own time either. You know, I don't get to, You're the same way. Yeah. You know, it's it, you got to love it. You know, oh, yeah. I learned that a long time ago. If you don't truly love it, once you really mm -hmm. get deep into this deal, it can burn you out. Absolutely. And, you know, I did just, you've done, like you said, TV for 17, 18 years. I did, I think, one episode of DUTV. And it was a snow goose hunt up in Missouri, like 2008, 2009. And I told the guy who was running the TV show at that time, I was like, I don't ever want to do this again. Like, this, you turn this into work. Mm -hmm. Like, this, like we, we shot a bunch of snow geese. We were up there with Tony when he was first getting going. Um, had a great hunt. But, like, geese are still coming into the decoys. Why are we not shooting these geese? Like, what? they're yeah. like, we got to get this, you know, these cutaways. And I'm like, oh, man. That was probably the difference between high-end production folks and us. Mm -hmm. And and I'm going to say that's probably been some R&TV's success is that we went hunting first yeah. and then let the hunt tell the story and, and – we had to change a little bit, you know, over time. You had to realize, okay, we're not duck hunting. We're making a TV show. That being said, give it time to air out. Let it happen what needs to happen. Don't yeah. try to push that stuff because it, it's got to be fun. It's got to be organic. And that's, you know, Sean Stahl still does a great job of that. Yeah. Goose hunting with R&TV. We just, you know, let's have fun first and we'll figure out the rest later. Yeah. And how does that, how did that translate? Because you got it for. Yeah. Oh, in the early days of video and R&TV, I was running Rich and Tone Guide Service. So mm -hmm. we'd have <laughs> paid customers going on with us and we've got cameras running and and that after a little bit that you know some of the customers that we want to come enjoy duck hunt not not be involved in in all this this stuff but very few people disliked it yeah but it, it made it interesting because mm -hmm. you never knew what you got yeah you, you never know? knew what was going to happen so yeah so it, who knows some of the early rnt videos if anybody's ever listened to any of them most all that of hunts with me most of them there was customers with us and, mm -hmm. and those customers turned into friends and heck i still stay in contact with them today but it's pretty interesting to look back and think that that was just a day hunting just you know random just going out and doing it and, and the fun thing then until we finally learned better um is used to be we wouldn't turn the cameras on the duck started flying mm -hmm. and then you learn well you got to tell a story there's more to it than just had a little video experience beforehand but that being said that that was kind of the fun part of all that no that's cool and i kind of mentioned it about you guiding forever and i always find that to be you know an interesting kind of aspect of of your approach to everything you know and and you grew up a guide basically mm -hmm. and so i think that's a cool story so if we can just touch on that a little bit you know when did you start guiding how did you get into guiding oh boy <laughs> i mean that I kind of sprang this one out on you yeah it, it just popped into my head well that's kind of good so i long story here don't be forever but I was fortunate to grow up in a hunting family. Mm -hmm. um, my dad hunted and mom hunted some. Mom would take me hunting for school and wait for me to come back. You know, then she'd take me to school. But dad worked for a large construction company and he enjoyed to hunt and he liked to entertain folks. And I enjoyed going along and I liked to call and set decoys and read magazines and think I was guide. So that, that got me interested in it. And then he did some other hunts with some outfitters and they'd let me help be a part or they say hey you go over here i want you to call over here and you know this and that so i, I kind of enjoyed it and worked in the construction trades helped guide in the in the winter time with different people and wound up running a guide service called rich and tone guide service started off with a partner a uh, young man named jason coleman and i started it 93 94 and that lasted till Jason and I went different directions, and that lasted till about 07. And it, by then, I was working full time for RT Calls. John had taken over, and there was getting to be too much overlap. And you couldn't, yeah. he's robbing Peter to pay Paul. So, mm -hmm. um, wound up kind of 
letting the guide service slide away in 07 and just full-time with R&T. Um, and then, you know, it led into doing more TV, more video. But I always kind of miss guiding. I enjoyed taking folks hunting. Yeah. You know, and, and then that kind of led to helping out at a couple of different clubs or folks would ask me to go with them on more private invite kind of deals. So that's leading into this year, helping out with Drake's camp, being a kind of the manager there of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of look forward to that. Yeah. You know, meeting new folks, taking folks hunting. I, I like that. Absolutely. What would be one of the most memorable guided trips that you've done? Like something that just stuck out to you or just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. I'm just putting you on the spot. You are. I mean, there's so many. I mean, the hard part there is to pick just one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know different people that in the industry or people that guided and hunted for a long time before we had cell phones that took phenomenal pictures. Oh, yeah. They took a lot of pictures. And I can, I wish I had all those pictures back. I got them up here, but yeah. I can't show them to you. Um, but I can remember a couple big hunts that, that were just cool. Um, we was hunting some state back when we could hunt on state. State ground. And when did that change? That was like early 2000s? Yeah, I want to say Game of Fish stopped commercial guiding on WMAs 04, 05, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. Or may, it might have been 07, even you could have had a permit, but I don't remember the exact year. Yeah. Um, but we was in the, this particular time would have been in the early 2000s, um, late 90s, early 2000s. Again, it's hard to think back, man. We started. In 94, so that's been a minute already. Mm-hmm. So, so the last three days of duck season on state ground, you could hunt all day on a WMA. A buddy of mine and I took a group of folks to a WMA in the afternoon thinking ducks. And we had been doing okay up there in the mornings. And we got one of the bunches in that literally took them 20 minutes to fill up the woods. It just That's awesome. You just don't forget that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've got several big bunches in, hence Mondo Wads, I call them. It's the Mondo Duck Call. Um, That just always stands out to me. Just, I can still remember the tree I'm standing on and see the first one spin around a big old willow tree. It still had a few leaves on it in late January. And it just started pouring in, just pouring in, and just kept coming and coming and coming. I thought, my gosh, I don't know how many ducks it was. Yeah. You know, it, it was just a pile. That stands out. Some of the other ones that are funny. I remember we one of the private places we hunted was an old deadening and had old just square bow flat bottom express boat with a go devil on it. You know, had the middle seat and it was just a couple guys and we were coming out and had a good hunt, you know, and um I don't think we just beat them up. We had a good hunt. It's not always about how many. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, some green wing tea and some outards and, you know, just mixed bag, you know, Arkansas deadening hunt. And the old boy looked at me and he's pointed at that green wing teal drake. He said, Hey, Jimbo, that little duck with the green stripe on his head, is that a baby mallard? <laughs> yes, yes, it is a baby mallard. You know, and at that time I dipped and, you know, I, I think I remember I just kind of spit and said, Be whatever you want it to be, partner. <laughs> yeah, be whatever you want it to be. That's hilarious. I had another one that, that's always pretty funny too. So this same old creek I hunted, we were hunting one morning and, you know, course of a morning you never know what you're going to get some days are better than others and people ask questions and want to learn and i always appreciate that because you get to meet new people you know that's the fun part of guiding and oh boy just a serious heart attack and i i think he was from the carolinas or something um and now we're talking we're in east central arkansas not far off white river bottoms and what is that in a straight line maybe 250 300 miles to the coast mm-hmm. thereabouts 
just yeah. trying to guess. Oh boy, serious heart attack. I said, Jimbo, how bad does the tide affect this place? <laughs> I said, man, it ain't a problem. <laughs> tide is not going to be a problem today, I guarantee We're not going to have an issue with the tide leaving us here. <laughs> That's pretty uh, funny. So that kind of stuff kind of sticks out mm-hmm. to you. And then, man, there's people that I stay in touch with um, that I still go hunting with maybe every year that yep. hunted with us back in the 90s, you yep. know, lifetime friends. So that, that's the cool thing about doing that. Yeah. No, I mean, I still, I remember we when I started with DU, I was in the PR side. And so we were doing the media relations thing. We did a media camp where we invited, I don't know, four or six outdoor riders. And we hunted with you guys one day. And we were in the timber, and I don't remember where. And so – it's all it always it's, it was my not my first time hunting the timber, but my first time hunting the timber successfully. Uh, was it's, this the day that Jimbo Rat, Robinson face plant, planted in the? That wasn't Jimbo Robinson. That was my intern, a guy by the name of Chris Henderson. Okay, and so, but he was so fired. So funny you remember that. He was so fired up. Like he's he was from here. He knew you guys. He was like a rich and tone fan. Like he was, and so he gets there and he was all nervous and he was like even asking me like, hey, you know, I'm I'm not going to say anything to him, okay? And I'm like, they're just people, People, man. man. And, and And you had him like standing back behind, I think he went for, he walked back to like go somewhere to get like a- Maybe get something out of the boat or something. Boat or something like that. And he, he did. He face planted in the water about, you know, shin deep water. And when he, you said, when you mentioned that hunt, I kind of, it started clicking yeah. what it was. Yeah, oh, and yeah. you guys were filming that day. And I forget who it was from War Eagle. He worked, Matt or somebody, I can't remember. Was it maybe Mike Ward? No, it wasn't Mike Ward. It was a younger guy. He was from- uh, Somewhere in Louisiana. Oh, Scott. Scott. Yeah, yeah. Scott. What the heck is his last name? Yeah, I remember hunting with him, yeah. and, and you guys were all calling. And that, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was blown away by the calling. You know, I'm from Indiana. We, we're not necessarily known for our calling, especially in timber. Right. Um, and so, but I remember you put a group in, and I bet there was, I mean, I'll never forget that. I bet it was probably 25 or 30. And you didn't have your gun in your hand. You guys were filming. And I'm standing there, and I'm trying to talk to this media member, who I won't mention their name. And and I'm like, hey, hey, you know, he's going he's gonna, to, when he calls the shot, stand, this guy never hunted timber either. And I'm like, when he calls it, he was an older gentleman. I was like, when he calls a shot, you step up, you know, pick a bird out, greenhead, mm-hmm. pull the trigger. Because he was, he was more of an upland guy, and he was kind of worried about shooting through the trees and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to talk him mm-hmm. through this. And I remember I'm watching you, and you didn't even have your gun in your hand. And then Scott was on my left, and then this media guy was right here on my right. And and birds, and I'm kind of looking off the edge of the tree, and the birds just dumped, you know, just whoosh, dropping right in. And right when they did, they got about 10 feet off the water. And I'm watching you waiting for you to grab your gun or something, and you never did. You never touched your gun. You just took like two steps in the water, and you said, pick you out a green head. <laughs> and then everybody, and then Scott next to me turned, I kind of glance at him and he's bam, bam. He shoots two off this side. I stand up, shoot. And I look at the media member that's standing next to me and I'm like, Hey, did you get one? And he's like, I never saw him. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. He, he was so worried about looking up. He was hid. He was hit. Yeah. He was hiding. And he's like, I never saw him. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to recreate that ever again. Like, that was pretty awesome. So you missed it. Well, he got the point about keeping his head buried he up in the tree he anyway. Did. Most folks don't understand yeah, that. Yeah, but I'll, I'll never forget that was probably the best timber, one of my best timber hunts experience and one of my first, too. I mean, I 
I walked into some body view and buy meat and stuff by myself when I first moved here because I didn't have anywhere to hunt. Practically that whole time I was half lost and didn't shoot any ducks. But well, I stayed that way. Too. Yeah, but but it was my timber experience. But with that, I'll never forget that. It was pretty, it just dawned on me. When, but it's funny that you remembered that the guy who was the intern took a splash. I remember the splash. So those are the, you know, I don't remember that bunch of ducks. Yeah. But I remember that guy falling down. Going you know, and first. we beat him up pretty bad oh yeah that. he was he was uh pretty embarrassed but also i think it kind of let him know that it you know it happens it happens and so but he i know he was standing there just cold i'm like man we need to go back to the boat let me know no no i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and you know he went hands down so he's up to his elbows yeah he wasn't and, like he just really filled his waders up yeah he wasn't completely soaked but he's his arms were drenched oh i'm sure he was cold yeah but it wasn't i don't remember it being just a no, terrible cold no day. no it wasn't like icy cold we did so on the serious side of that um another guiding story that come to me talking about people falling in we was hunting white river bottoms and had a group of folks and and a fella had fell in Mm -hmm. you know and i was kind of watching him and he was like no i'm okay i'm okay and we was in deep water and one of the guys in the group was a doctor yeah and he just he very he cool dude he eased up to me and he said man i've known this fella for a long time he's he early stages of hypothermia and he started telling me signs to look for mm-hmm. you know and i thought that was interesting he said he needs to go in he said and, I, and they, we were shooting ducks you know he said we're good here you know trust me i'll be all right he said if you would take him to the truck yeah. you know and, yes sir you know and he told me what his speech was starting to slur a little bit yep. he said man he ain't been drinking you know yeah and he wasn't moving right he said that he he needs to go get warm yeah so i remember that like it was yesterday. So I eased him in the boat. He said, no, 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 no. I said, no, you need to go in. His doctor buddy said, no, you go get in the truck, get warm. We're going to hunt a couple hours and we'll be. Yeah. So we did. So that's the other side of getting wet. It's all fun and games, yeah. you know, when you're in shallow water. But when you're in them river bottoms and it's current and cold, and yep. that, that's a different deal. And um, at the risk of being Debbie down here on a fun conversation, pay attention to that as no. you're spending time in the woods this year. Whether you're hunting flooded woods or a pothole or wherever you're at or you're hunting out of a boat blind, just be real careful. Yeah. It doesn't take long. when Even in 40-degree weather, if you get soaking wet, don't necessarily try to be the tough guy. You yeah. know, Get yourself warm. Get get out of them clothes and get warm. Or wear good stuff that will keep you warm even when it gets wet. Absolutely. And you can always hunt tomorrow. That's right. You know, the take that into account when you're, you know, but you know, that's one thing that's a good reminder. You know, people don't necessarily even think about the dangers of waterfowl hunting all across the board. And I'm sure you've probably had some, you know, moments like that. You hunt out of a boat a lot. Mm -hmm. Adding a boat adds certain levels of danger that, I mean, I grew up hunting the rivers, you know, in Indiana that, you know, it was pretty, pretty quick flowing river, you know, and we hunted out of a fairly shoddy boat. <laughs> you know, I'm 17 years old thinking that I'm invincible. Man, yeah. Looking back, you know, we're dodging oak trees that are rolling down the river sometimes, you know, ice flows. Oh. And we're like, oh, the ducks are there. And I'm like, looking back on it, it's like, this wasn't really smart. This was not a good idea. Yeah, it's, it, that that you start getting in the boat and getting on water, it, it's a different deal. I, I tell folks, and I used to, I, one of these deals, I need to practice what I preach, um, but I'm bad. A lot of times I go to bottoms in the morning by myself and get in a boat way before daylight and run up the river by myself. Yep. And you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. That's really shouldn't. And if we got a group of folks hunting, if we're hunting in the bottoms every day of the woods, if it's four people, take two boats. Yeah. 
you never know what's going to happen. Two guys in each boat, if you have somebody break down, something happens, you got another boat to get out of there. And I used to not be that way, but I'm pretty adamant about it now. It it makes a difference. Yeah. No, and, you know, just paying attention to those things, being cognizant of the dangers is like the first step, I think. You know, most mm-hmm. people just don't think about it. And here's another one. I spend all this time in the water in the wintertime. I can't swim a lick. No, oh, jeez. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know you couldn't swim. So, so, uh, Life jackets are necessity. Well, they are. And I'm another one. I've been in boats so long, I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a buddy of mine from North Louisiana a couple of years ago, as he lives and hunts near the Washtenaw River bottoms. Mm-hmm. And we were turkey hunting. And he, we'd had a great turkey hunt that morning. He wanted to show me around. The river's out. We was going to go for a boat ride. And we put the boat in whatnot. And we was going to get in the boat and go. And we put in in the woods in the ditch. And and he's a big old fella. And he's my Michael Thomas, he's sitting there, he's, he's holding a life jacket out like that. I said, man, I'll be all right. I don't need that. He never said a word. He just kept looking down. Yeah. And he just kept holding that life jacket up. I was going to put that life jacket on or we wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. So I put it on. Actually, I liked it. My wife got me one like it for mm-hmm. a Christmas present. Now I put one on all the time. That being said, he tells a story. Family grew up commercial fishing on the Wachita River, and he lost some family members because yeah. they didn't wear a life jacket. So... Here's my point to you. I try to put. I try to be cognizant of that. Now I don't always do it. Now private woods, I don't. Yeah. I should wear one there, but I don't. Cause man, I go in in the summertime. I'm probably done. Let alone waders, coats, clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, old timers in White River bottoms, they wouldn't put waders on till they got to where they get yeah. in a boat. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard those stories where you know, I no no duck calls, anything like that, because they didn't want the lanyards to catch on limbs. Mm-hmm. Thing, you know, different things like that. Well, when some of them thick lanyards. We all use today. Mm-hmm. You catch one of them on a limb, you're coming, you're coming out, of boat, out. Yeah, you're getting, or something's coming off. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah, those are that can be very dangerous. All things that you know, keep in mind. But we're going uh, down a bad road. We are. I was going to say. I think this is a good point right here before we get into a deeper conversation. We're just going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. 
The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. What I really want to get into, and I, you don't want to get into super specific Drake products, but just overall, you know, kind of provide everyone with just like a, a, an update on Drake waterfowl as a, at 50,000 feet. Yeah, so that, that's a great question. So the high-level deal there, a lot of people may not realize that there's new ownership now at Drake, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a – it's fun to be a part of that movement, you mm-hmm. know, as it moves forward and trying to maybe – not redefine it, but realign it. Yeah, maybe a little bit. And with that, um, over the next few years, you'll see differences, see things changing. I'm I'm about simple, you know. I'm not about all bunch of this and that. And over time, you'll see some of the changes coming on as we move forward. Um, be some cool stuff. There's a few new things this year. Be some really cool stuff. Fall 23, fall 24, and the the thing I've learned coming from the duck call industry, and although I've been around apparel. Um, you know, we use it all the time. So mm-hmm. other folks I've worked with, you, you got an understanding of, of things and design and there's different ways to do things. I tell this story. It's kind of a side note and I'll come <laughs> back good. to it. Growing up, my mother come from the air, but, you know, she sewed a lot. She used yeah. to make shirts, pants, stuff for all of us. And she loved to sew. And she used to always want to teach me about things. And she'd talk about different ways to do stuff for shoulders and backs and whatnot. And I always think back now, I got a job in an apparel company. Mama would really, she'd be <laughs> right in the big middle of it now. Um, but that being said, the thing I've learned or got to see firsthand here is from the time you come up with an idea mm-hmm. to the time you prototype it and then you test it and then you get it to manufacturing or it takes a minute so yeah. there's a lot of people out here asking man what, what's jimbo what you got what you doing and while i'm not full-time with the product development guys you know i do we do talk a lot about ideas and whatnot but it takes time you mm-hmm. know you won't see a lot this year you'll see some changes next year it'll be subtle um but it's really fun to be a part of yeah i mean i'm sure that you know rich and tone while it is you know, completely nationwide Drake almost is almost like more of a global approach. You know, you're you know worldwide. Yeah, moving you know, parts. Lots, like, of, lots more yeah. moving parts. Lots. Did not. I'm not going to say bigger, but different mm-hmm. playing field. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting and fun to be a part of. And it, probably because it is new. I'm learning different things. Yeah. That uh, you know, in the duck call business, we wanted to build a new duck call. Well, we'd work on a tone board, work on a board, do this, do this, try that, and you know, you you go over here. and set at a workbench and do something well in, in the apparel side of things it takes a minute to get that all figured out so we've got a really good team um doing that justin carver Stephen bunch just really doing good stuff with with products and what we got coming you'll see some improvements in the casual side some really cool shirts and stuff mm-hmm. coming in the future and, and then something i'm really fond of is I like the old McAllister stuff. I like the old wax yeah. cotton look and feel. Oh, yeah. um, it just got a cool look. And if I'm busting a thicket in the river bottoms mm-hmm. and you're running through something, that's the kind of stuff you want on Absolutely. to keep from getting scratched up and tore up. So, And if you're a bird hunter, like the upland hunt, we got some cool stuff in that direction also. So it's fun to be a part of all that. Yeah, I was going to say, that's just exciting. You're thinking, you know, not only with just like the Drake waterfowl, waterfowling line, you've got McAllister. Mm-hmm. And then, 
you've got the turkey gear that you can old Tom side. Yeah, 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 old Tom. Then you, I mean, you got the you know deer hunting, Drake non typical, yeah, yep. Drake performance fishing, all that kind of stuff, and then the so, casual stuff. Yeah, you know. and that's just, I mean, these are. If if it's oh, yeah. hot weather shirt, it's it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll keep you cool. We'll keep you warm. We'll keep you dry. <laughs> is, that, is that the new tagline? We'll keep you cool. No, I just come up with that. <laughs> write it down. I may write, write it, down. it down. No, that's great. Um, you know, anything else on the Drake side that that we need to know? I've got a couple more questions for you. But there's some hard good changes too. Yep. You know, uh, Jamie Spence on the hard good side. We've got some you know pit tops, boat blind stuff, and there's you know like everything you kind of got to. Tw- always need tweaking and y'all another set of eyeballs kind of sometimes helps so um for me with being development that covers a lot more it's not just product development Mm -hmm. it's content development you know creative assets and development is big word covers a lot of things yeah that's right and and i do want to throw a little tip of the hat out there to jamie for working with me on the ultimate duck boat project um we reached out i think to you and and might have been even before you came on board asking about the new boat blind and they immediately sent one we got it we got the boat here we had to do so many different things to the boat we took it out of the box i'm gonna mount this boat blind and i looked at it and i immediately called you i'm like hey man this ain't gonna work yeah this is not gonna so when we mounted the electronics we had to angle you know the, the electronics were basically right in the middle of where that frame for the boat blind was supposed to go so you put me in touch with jamie jamie came down from dyersburg i uh, gave him the boat it was a one-day turnaround, and he had to bend that metal around the, to completely customize that thing. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome. So I just wanted to mention awesome thanks. Shout out to him for doing that and just making that project. Really taking control of that project, and I just handed the boat to him, and he did it, brought it right back. Like, yeah. It was fantastic. And so. it, it looked good, too. Mm-hmm. I, I know did. you sent me the pictures of the mods he made. That, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. He does a good job of that stuff. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so, you know, as far as hard goods go, you know, Drake also just has, like you mentioned, I mean, it just runs the full gamut of all, not just apparel. You know, it's also blind bags and yeah, accessories. Blind and bags, you got decoy, decoy bags, Texas rigs, um, portable blinds, boat blinds, dog stands, stools, chairs. You know, we we got it all. You know, <laughs> what was the old uh, hardware store from soup to nuts? <laughs> from soup to nuts, you got it all. We, we're pretty, we pretty much got it all. That's you know? awesome. Um, and it's it's fun to have all that, but it's at the same time you got to keep track of it all. Absolutely, you know, and, yeah. and have I try to I'm trying to understand all of it at the same time, and it's a pretty big learning curve. Yeah, you probably have to walk around with a complete like booklet of all products. Oh yeah, just I, to remember because you can't remember. No, I sit and study them, and then the folks who've been there for a while, when you start talking about products, they deal in model numbers. Oh you know? yeah, so that Jedi mind yeah messes me up right there. So. I, Okay, that's what that is, you know. Or, yeah. Uh, you spend a lot of time on Google. I did that with the new guns and gear for July, August issue, too. Um, Justin had sent tons of new gear that was coming out. Well, it wasn't on the website. So it wasn't really anywhere that you could reference it. And then he had sent me like, oh, here's a breakdown of, of all the description of the products. You know, these are new. They'll, they'll be the, out this later this summer. And they're labeled like, like I'm used to, you know, three-in-one jacket or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something like that. It's like DW4. Three, two, one, dot four. I'm like, what is this? So I'm like in my office, like comparing the tag that's on the shirt, trying to look at a model number to match it up with this word document. It's got to be a headache. Oh gosh, I was just like, oh geez, but I do. So I I hear you on the model number. So what we need to do um, this year when they get done, there ever big panic going on in the office right now with the sure enough product development folks, John Woodard and the others are. 
the file workbooks for the file sales mm-hmm. meeting. We need to make sure we get you those workbooks. That will make that a lot easier. Trust me. Yes. I, I, I need one of those. Yes. For sure. Yes, you do. And appreciate all that you do for us. Well, not a problem. I appreciate you guys getting it to us. And uh, just having that product on hand makes it so much easier. We can get it to John Hoffman, our photo editor. He's shooting photos. It's just a seamless process as long as we have all that stuff in hand. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, you're still doing your Instagram live thing, right? I do. I wanted yeah. to give you a plug on that. Oh, well, thank you for that. Yeah, that's that's something. That's the biggest plug it's probably ever gotten is just right there because <laughs> it's purely organic Monday nights, Instagram live. Um, my buddy Jake Latondras and I started it during the heart of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just get together and we talk once a week. So, hey, let's do a Facebook, uh, Instagram live thing. We'll just have a drink, talk, yeah. and just carry on, you know, let people kind of have an escape there. And kept it going. So, we started off as late night with Jake and Jimbo, and he lives in mountain time zone. So, time he got his kids to bed, it's like 8 o'clock his time, 9 mm-hmm. o'clock our time. So, that was got to be a little late, but... Jake's still apart, son, but anyway, the 8 o'clock time frame seems to work good. Um, I try to get it most every Monday night. I may miss one on occasion, but that deal never has huge numbers. But if I miss a week or if I go somewhere like at an event or something, I'm amazed at the number of people that come up and say, hey, man, I enjoy listening to your your live live deal on Instagram. And I may have an idea of what I'm going to say when I – start off or I may have a I may be bumping a DU event or you know just something to start off but then people ask questions mm-hmm. and then it just kind of builds from there and you'll start talking about one thing I need to get me a moderator because then you scroll <laughs> up and and my daughter will do it every now and again but you scroll up you see me looking up there okay so-and-so asked this and mm-hmm. I try to I try to mention everybody's name if I can you know yeah. sometimes they come so fast you can't keep oh, up yeah. but um it is kind of a fun thing to do try to do it for an hour mm-hmm. you know um, if it runs a little over, it runs a little over. But thanks for asking. It's fun. Every now and then I have a guest. I have a guest on. I don't time it won't matter. But uh, Matt Drury from Drury Outdoors mm-hmm. is going to be a guest for me this Monday night. Cool. So he'll be fun. I've, yeah. I've known his dad and uncle forever. I've known him some. We've had some good conversations, and it'll be a good. I think what we're going to talk. I want to talk to him about is kind of like this conversation. Him mm-hmm. growing up in the industry. Yeah, I mean, he grew up in it, and the things that they've done is, is pretty cool. You mm-hmm. know, all the podcast and video and TV stuff that we connect on. Um, it, it'll be a fun conversation, even though he's more of a deer hunter than a duck hunter. Yeah. but it'll still be fun. Oh no, that'll be interesting for sure. Um, and that kind of that's a good transition into my next. And we're going to wrap this up here in a little bit, but my next question for you. You mentioned like growing up in the industry and doing this, and and before we came on air, I, I mentioned to you to kind of talk about filming, like. Now everyone's a content creator, mm. you know, and we kind of laugh at that to an extent, but then at the same time, like everyone is a content creator. We have to take that into account. You bet. Um, but like what has changed, you know, over the years? I mean, you, like you said, you're doing RNTV for 18 years, um, been involved in that, you know, you've involved not only in just the filming and stuff, but also like the post-production mm-hmm. side, you know, things like that. How has that changed over the years? And then we'll, then we'll kind of dive down that road a little bit. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fun question. And to your point, everybody is a, is a content creator of mm-hmm. sorts in the social media world. And so much has changed, you know, the equipment you use to gather that content has changed. Um, that iPhone there, in 4K, probably shoots better than the first high-end video camera I was oh, ever yeah. handed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was shooting a turkey hunt one time, and they gave me, I forget the model number, but 
Chris may be familiar with the term Ikigami cameras. Mm-hmm. A very high-end beta SP. Had a big Canon 20-power lens with a doubler on it. Just a $150,000 piece of equipment. Yeah. I would dare say that iPhone 13 Pro would shoot. Well, I know it would. It'd shoot <laughs> better footage than that would. So yeah. that's that's been a huge change. Mm-hmm. And with the prolification of social media and everybody wanting to be a part of that, especially in the outdoor space. Yep. Some better than others. Mm-hmm. Some with better attitude than others, yeah. I'll say. Um, you can take that phone and just a little bit of effort, you can put pretty good content out there. So that's, I think, been a huge change. Mm-hmm. Relatively easy to edit. You can be to go about it. You can be more polished or less polished. You know whether how much production quality and effort you want to put in there. I think that's huge. I, I would ask that people use it for the right reasons. Yeah, you know there there's probably some folks are not, but mm-hmm. it's interesting that and now there's all these people you know making a living producing video content and still photography content specifically for social media. Yep. And that's a big change coming mm-hmm. from the linear TV world where we were yeah. talking earlier to where the hunts you do now will air next quarter three or four. Or, yeah. you know, maybe you slide one into Q1 or two. But, you know, that's how it's separated. You know, quarter one and two TV, quarter three and four TV. Well, now, because of everything moves so fast, like the podcast, whatever, you can go shoot something on your phone and get it up right away. So it's more of a real-time type content. Yeah. And in today's world that's that's a good thing in a lot of ways mm-hmm. you know I, I think it gives people an opportunity to to live life through their phone and that's kind of one of the things when i got into video that i wanted to be able to do like i said i grew up in a hunting family um but i got to see a lot of cool stuff or was realized it was getting to see cool stuff so i said man how can i show people what i get to see and then i got the opportunity to mess around with the camera some, be a part mm-hmm. of a production dude as a Primo's pro staff guy. So that was kind of my early days into that. But I would say just learn to tell a story. You know, I've yeah. worked with a couple of young guys that shoot really good stuff, take really good pictures, and they helped us out on a TV show last year. But they were so used to shooting short stuff for like reels and oh, yeah. whatnot. When it comes for long form, it was hard to edit because they just they didn't roll through it, didn't let it breathe. Yeah. So I would caution anybody who's shooting today for what, even if you're shooting for Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever it is, um, think your shots through. You know, you look at the people that's really successful there. It's either very raw or it's very polished. It seems yeah. like there doesn't seem to be There's a lot. Not a whole lot of middle ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And I think the raw is just as good as the very polished. Mm-hmm you know, to be honest with you. So yeah. there's a lot of opportunity. I just, I wonder where it's going to go. Yeah. You know, where it's going to go next. Because the other thing too, what used to be shooting, you know, big shoulder mount cameras. Now DSLR shoots video and stills and some of the yeah. cinematic stuff nowadays is yeah. unbelievable. Oh yeah. Um, I, Some of the stuff you see people shoot, again, going back to that phone, you flip a couple buttons on it and if you can get steady, Mm-hmm. shoot really good stuff so uh, that and gopros you know yeah when the gopros first come out oh that was i hated them yeah it was a, just like a craze though everyone had one. everybody had one i was like mm-hmm. oh my god this is horrible but nowadays them things are pretty dang good yeah and it's handy you know you can mm-hmm. flip it on you can talk to it you can it, it's just different yeah but in a good way i think i remember everyone was trying to shoot these gopro videos of duck hunts and it was always like you could get the guys shooting and I, was, I did it too. You could get, you know, a shot or maybe like a close-up of a decoy. But those GoPros do not film birds 
at all. No. Like you get like no. people are like, look at this duck. And I'm like, you you can't even see the duck. Yeah, like, what is that out there? Now you can adjust, you know, you yeah, can adjust. Absolutely. I remember one of our guys stuck one out in the decoy spread and actually got a shot of a Canada light and passed it. And everybody's like, oh wow. And I'm like, well, so? <laughs> well, no, look how cool. No, it's only cool because the goose flew past the camera. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot cooler if you had a guy holding on to one that was super tight, sharp focus, and followed him to the water. Yeah. That's cool videography. Mm-hmm. Just because you stick a GoPro in the ground out there and a bird flies past it, that's not videography. Yeah. You got lucky. Exactly. You got <laughs> lucky. And, man, I remember we was at, at a lodge one night, and Buddy, mine, and I, we, we went round and round about that forever. You know, they still mm-hmm. talk about yeah. that argument. But um, that's kind of my point to it. There, there, is, there is still room for skill. Yeah. And, and I'm not behind the camera as much as I used to be mm-hmm. at all, but I still I used to like to run a camera some. Yeah. Um there is it, it's not even though these things take good good stuff, you still got to point them right. You know, you yeah. still got to think about how you compose the shot and whatnot. I still get used to the vertical. Yeah. So last one of my my favorite duck hunt all last duck season took my daughter and all her college buddies on a hunt with Case and Shore. Yeah, I saw Yeah, actually, yeah, I talked to Case about that. And it was a blast, man. But uh, they're all walking around with their phone, and that drives me crazy because I think, you know. You want that horizontal I shot. I want that horizontal like, shot. And like, no, Daddy, it don't work like that. I know. You know, and I'm okay. We actually had a meeting just like two days ago, and our social media specialist is, and she's just like, everything vertical, please. Like, everything. And we're like, what? Like, she's like, everything. Like, it's so our video guys who are shooting – you know, a YouTube channel or, you know, things even pulling like, do you film stuff and, mm-hmm. and TV show? We have TV show footage they're used. And she's like, I need it vertical. And they're like, what? Yeah, it just don't <laughs> so, make yeah, sense to us. Our so, brain is not wired that yeah. way. Um, I, and I think on some of the platforms, you can shoot horizontal oh, landscape, yeah. but mm-hmm. I, I get the vertical side works yeah. for some people, but it's just, yeah, we right. have to tell her, like, you're going to have to deal with this horizontal. Like, Good for you. <laughs> you're going to have to deal with this. Make it work. She's like, all right, but I need vertical. So that's funny you mentioned that because we just had that conversation. And that's all the differences nowadays, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, the other one, too, it's fun talking to some of the younger folks in, in working in production. I remember, to me, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago when we switched from tape to SD cards to mm-hmm. or some sort of a card type. Yeah media and i said boy i don't know about that deal you know at least that tape i can put that tape up and we got it and now it is so much easier you know when you digitize video shot on tape it digitized at the same time shot and it was one to one so if you finish duck season with four or five six hundred hours of footage that's four or five six hundred hours of digitizing yeah so you think about it now you just you go shoot something you pull the card out plugging it in your computer and couple buttons and slide it over here and yeah little bar goes and there it is it's done it's done yeah you know that's funny because we just i don't know six or eight months ago we were looking for like old video something old hunting footage and i reached out to the guys at mossy oak and i was like hey do you guys got anything that we could maybe use for this and they sent over the entire catalog of those old whistling wings videos i mean from the 80s you know, I think I think they went back as far. I want to say almost the seventies of this video, and we granted, but like you mentioned, you know, it's zit, it takes two seconds. Imagine asking that same question in like nineteen ninety one. Oh, like yeah. you'd get a crate of tapes, and yeah. now they're just like, hey, here's a Dropbox link. We're good. Even as you know, it really hadn't been that long because RNTV started in two thousand six, and up until probably twenty fifteen. 
2017 right there, we were still shooting on tape. You know, so it really hadn't been that long ago yeah. that the change has been made. Um, and you mentioned Mossy Oaks. I was down there this summer talking to Toxie and Bill and Daniel and everybody. And they kind of gave me a tour of the, of the tape room. Mm-hmm. and just They've done a great job cataloging all their tapes. Yeah. You know, and it's fun to walk through there and look, going back to the old three-quarter inch stuff, to beta, beta SP, the mm-hmm. different digital formats and how it's changed over time to now it's just we got stacks of hard drives everywhere. Yeah. No, it's funny. I, Clay, our manager of video productions here, he said somebody called him last week and was like, hey, I need a I need a CD of that video. We don't even have a CD. We can't even burn a CD. <laughs> like, all that's gone. Like, why do you need this? Here's a link to YouTube if you want to watch it. So, the things have changed drastically. That is another huge change. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. So, new laptop there. My last new Mac laptop had a slot in it mm-hmm. for a DVD player. Oh, yeah. No. Not happening. Mm-mm. So it's all that's 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 even gone. And I remember when DVDs and Blu-ray was yeah. like state of the art stuff. Oh, yeah. Now it's a stick of media card in it. Yeah. Now you can you can go find those DVD players at like the Goodwill for like eight bucks. Yeah. What you good know? are they? Yeah. I mean, not, I don't even own one anymore. And look, and cameras that uh, there's there's some old cameras that are broke or tore up or whatnot. Um, are a couple of them still shoot pretty good stuff mm-hmm. at R and T. Not was probably five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand dollar camera body and lens. Yeah, it's a boat anchor. Yeah, a boat anchor. <laughs> you know. Yep. Um. R- really, the yeah. Nobody's shooting on that stuff. Yeah, and that's interesting. You know the way you, you all these changes you've seen, been a part of. Um, but one thing that you pointed out just kind of stuck out to me as far as just kind of a tip for people who are creating their own content as far as waterfowl hunting. You still got to tell a story. Tell a story. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing. Even now, you see some of these TikTok videos that are super popular. There's story. There's a story in that. Yeah. yeah. And those are the most, but it's not just some random one-offs. Like, there's a whole story. If you put multiple videos together, there's a story. There's a story them, there. So. And there's some guys and gals doing a really mm-hmm. good job of that. Absolutely. Um, and, and some of it doesn't have to be very long. Mm-hmm. That's what's interesting to me, you know, is I still like to watch a whole hunt. So. Yep. Thinking about linear TV, think of a 30-minute TV show, 22 minutes content, and mm-hmm. you know, commercials, ins and outs, and all that kind of stuff there. Well, in the past, if, say, we went on a good hunt, and there was four or five of us, and we shot four or five limits of mallards, had some good dog work, some calling, some good uh, some good camaraderie, whatnot, that kind of, that was the show. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it maybe that was a three, four, five-hour hunt condensed into that 22 minutes and 30 seconds. Well, the past couple of years, Stahl and I were talking, along with our post-production folks, man, you go on a three-day hunt and burn them every day, you know, that used to would last us a while. Now, that's what it takes to make one show. It has to move that yeah. much faster. Um, and, and you could take a really cool clip. Um, I was talking, a guy showed me a turkey clip the other day that he had a lot of success with this style of footage on Instagram Reels. It was maybe... 45 seconds to a minute. Yeah. But it was very high quality, 45 seconds to a mm-hmm. minute. And he said, man, this is, look at the numbers I'm getting off of that. So uh, it's it's changing. Yeah. But I think people want a little bit of all of it. Yeah. I, I do. I don't think it's just any one demographic likes that part. I think people still like to watch the story unfold. Yeah. And, and, and what did it take to get there? How did they do that? Um, I don't think it has to be heavy in tips and educational stuff, but just a little bit goes yeah. a long way, you know. And mm-hmm. Some of that can be used in so many different ways, and I think it's up to us on this side of the table 
to to stay viable, figure out how to tell those stories, figure out how to help pass good tips and education off to folks that may not have some mentor to teach them. How can we teach them that? Yeah. Um, and I, I think some of the guys that don't, they learn what they learn off outdoor TV or Instagram or Facebook. You know, there, there's a link missing there. That yeah. It don't happen that fast in real life. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's a big thing. Yeah. I think that's one thing for everyone to realize is um, the Instagram, TikTok phenomenon. You're not going to shoot greenheads every single day. No. Because if you watch it on Instagram, there people are pounding birds every day. And it's like, well, it, it just doesn't work like doesn't that. doesn't work. Like you said, that's the link to the story that they're not telling. Right. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Um, but I had some folks tell me once at a, at a seminar I did, a guy, we got to talking about this same conversation, the same conversation question came up. And, you know, I said, we like to be real. You know, some days you have bad days. You don't get them every day. And one guy told me, this makes sense too. You got to, Back to this incident, we're not sitting there for 30 minutes watching you not shoot nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's right. oh, okay, there's something to that. Mm-hmm. But there is more to it. Like we did a story several years ago about Aldo Leopold and mm-hmm. house he's born in, whatnot. That got a lot of play. Yeah. You know, John does a bunch of stuff with RNTV about old duck calls. And yeah. stuff. that gets a lot of play too. So I, and, you know, some folks do like it, some folks don't. Mm-hmm. You know, here's one I, I get a lot. Um, Man, if I watch another TV show of a flooded timber duck hunt in Stuttgart, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and then you hear one of your buddies at home, if I watch another Canada goose hunt in a barley field in Canada, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. You know, it's, man, every, everybody's hey, look here, we're all in this together, fellas. That's the same thing that I get where I get the calls from Louisiana. We're like, you guys are putting, DU puts all the money in the ducks up north. And then I get calls from my buddies in northern Indiana. DU puts all, all the money in the south. It's like, man, who, who's right here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We try to get everywhere. And, and you don't just know it's all, we're all in this together. Yep, you know, that's right. It's And it's fun. I, I wouldn't, looking back at the opportunities that I've had doing it, I, man, it's it's been great. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think, hey, this has been great. Uh, we ran a little bit long, but I think it's, you know, well worth it. Um, but you got anything else from Drake Waterfowl you want to mention? Man, no, just the, the fact that there's, you know, keep watching, be patient. You know, it takes a while for stuff that's being changed. It takes some of that stuff to kind of move through yep. the system, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, if you got any questions or any issues, whatnot, run us down. We'll cool. get an answer for you. Awesome. I appreciate it, Jim. This has been fantastic, and we'll probably have you back on here in the near future. Man, I love coming out. Thank you, bud. Awesome. I'd like to thank Jim Ronquest with Drake Waterfowl for joining us today and talking about all different, every, anything from his guiding days to filming, everything. It's just been a great conversation. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for putting the show together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. 
Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're, conservationists. we're conservationists with the next, generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. 